So it took a turn and it, I said to myself, okay, well, what else do I want to do? Hello, I am Ed Begley Jr. and I'm willing to do anything to help the planet. And I love taking public transportation for just about any journey around LA. I'll even ride my bike to power a toaster oven. And of course, I love my wife. And I'm Rochelle Carson Begley. I haven't touched a bike since, well, it's been a while. I'm a bit of a reluctant environmentalist. However, I do love Ed. This week on Begley-esque, we'll talk to the wonderful actress Christina DeRosa about giving back and making career changes when you must. Hello, you're listening to another episode of Begley-esque. Thank you so much for joining us again. You know, you guys are truly the fuel that keeps this podcast going. Non-fossil fuel, of course. Sure, whatever you say. Okay, so before we introduce you to today's guest, we want to share another question from one of you. We have a new listener, Caitlin, who emailed us and said... Hello, I found your podcast after I heard Ed on Kathy Heller's show. So happy that I did. You are a great inspiration to me, and I'm trying to change my life to be more green. I've always been into gardening and plants and being one with nature, although you put me to shame because you are such pros, and I love that. Thank you for what you do in spreading knowledge. I'm currently renting a house and will only be there for another six months. I want to know what I can do to help the environment, save costs that won't break my pockets, and bring with me to my new place of residence. Also, would it be worth to start composting here? Will I not have enough time to reap the benefits? Okay, great, great questions, Caitlin. Let's take these things one at a time. Compost, you will have compost probably, if you do it right, you'll have compost in a month or two. So you could do it and have some compost that you would use on site. But if you want to wait, I could make a case for that too. Make sure you get a bin, some sort of a compost bin or one of those drum composters. They work very, very well. You don't want to do it in a big pile because then you can get pests. And here's the trick to compost. Half green, half brown. Keep it wet, but not soaking wet. You'll have perfect compost every time. That's the trick to compost. Green is green leaves, green grass clippings, green table scraps. Brown is brown leaves, brown grass clippings, brown sawdust. Half brown, half green, and you'll have great compost. Keep it moist, of course. Well, or you could do what I do is just um, marry someone who understands composting. We've got a beautiful garden out back. We've got lots of corn that's growing now. We've got uh, not, no ears on the, the corn plant yet, but the plants are already knee-high, and it's not even 4th of July, so we're doing very good. We've got tomatoes on the vine. They're green, but they'll be ready kind of soon. And all that compost is very, very good. And but I love that Ed loves to garden because I love fresh vegetables. I me just, too. It's just not my thing. So, you know, if you, it's not your thing, find someone who it is their thing. But if you are going to be there six months, get a bunch of light bulbs that are energy efficient. You can certainly take them with you. You can do the power strip thing, which is getting rid of vampire power. What that is, is power that you don't need. So vampire power is something you can alleviate in the short time you're going to be there in the six months. That's putting that stuff on power strips that you can turn off when you leave the house, when you go to sleep. Stuff that you don't need running and drawing power like a vampire sucking from you, giving you nothing in return. It's called phantom power, vampire power. Put all that stuff those cell phone chargers that are not charging a cell phone, those little power packs that run to a speaker system for your computer, all those things that you don't need. What you don't want to put on is like your clock radio if you have one or your wireless router or those things. If you have a fax machine, you don't want to put that on those power strips. But everything people else... People can still get faxes? Some people do. Really? Some people use it. Wow. But um, 
all those things that you don't need on when you go to sleep or you leave the house, put those on power strips, turn them off. You're going to have a much lower electric bill. And the light bulbs, as I said, those are a couple of great ways you can save money and be ready to move in six months without any big upheaval, without having to take solar panels off your roof. You've been there six months. You don't want to do that. Thanks so much again, Caitlin. We really appreciate your comment and the fact that you care. We also can't wait to hear from you out there and more comments. Please send them our way. Comments, questions, Ed aims to please, right? That's right. Yeah. And today we're very lucky because the lovely actress Christina DeRosa is here with us today. She's in wonderful shows such as Blackish. I love that show, by the mm-hmm. way. My, one Jane of my the favorites. Virgin, Devious Maids, all great shows. Maybe you've seen her in the film Bad Moms with Christina Applegate and Mila Kunis. But she's also a passionate humanitarian, a pioneer of positive thinking. Christina, we're so happy to have you here with us. Thank you. It's an honor to be here in your lovely, beautiful home. I feel very from, privileged. Thank you. Are you from Long Island? I am from New York. What town? Yes. I'm born in Manhasset Hills. Okay. New Hyde Park, Long I Island. I grew up in Merrick, Long Island. I okay. went to grade school in Merrick. Oh, how funny. Okay. I love Long Island. Yeah. I love to get back there. You could take the girl out of New York, but you can't take the New York out of me. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and I've been trying to take the New York out of him, and it ain't happening. You still say something. What do you think? I have a few words that left. Some... I used to have a New York accent before yeah. I moved back to California where I was born, but I talk, because you go to grade school somewhere, sure. you talk kind of like that. Now when I do it, it sounds bogus, but I used to talk like that. It's a sound bogus it's, it's well thank you you're very kind from, who's from georgia it sounds a little weird but nonetheless uh yeah no it's fine yes. i love she's Long from Island. buckhead georgia which is interesting she's from buckhead because there's a nickname she gave to me early on that rhymes with buckhead yep, that's for sure <laughs> all right so. let's get back to christina okay so we divorce um you're an italiano so, like I right was saying, si, italiano. Oh, that's why i called myself picolina earlier which means cute little one uh, yeah it's a much prettier way than saying i'm short no you are that and that country, I was there in the 80s. I flipped for it. You cannot get a bad meal. Why in the whole didn't you go back? That's what I We should go know. together. Yes. Have a second you honeymoon. heard it here because he won't travel anywhere. Why not? I love I travel Italy. when I have to, when I want to. I just have a carbon budget, a CO2 budget. I try oh, to tread lightly on the earth, so I try to not well, to just fly willy nilly. Well, it's not willy nilly. There's nothing willy-nilly about it. The food, I literally started an experiment after I was there a couple of weeks. I went, let me try to find if anybody will serve a bad meal anywhere. No, I go into not some little possible. De- <laughs> it's not possible. Go into some weird deli, little tiny nothing thing. That looks terrible. Give me that. It was still fantastic. Well, and a lot of the reason, too, is that they don't have the stuff that we allow in our food in this yes. country. It's a pure form of food. They have big regulations on their agriculture and what they allow in products. It's true. You don't have to pay extra for organic. It just is organic. That's the way it is. And their response to our fast food movement is the slow food movement. (laughs) I had lunches. I went, and this is my Western ways. I was fighting it, but I finally let go. Is this lunch ever going to end? It was like hours and what have you, but it's the right way to do it. It's a joie de vie. And then you take a nap. Which That's is right. wonderful, too. <laughs> I know. It's, it was sort of curious when they do work, but uh, they get things they done. Work. I remember seeing some guy on a Vespa pull up, and he, he pulls up to something. You know, it looks like a museum, and he gets out of He's got a scarf and a thing, and I go, wow, that guy, he's probably, you know, like a, he works for Fellini, what have you. No, it turns out he's a file clerk. I later learned he's a, it's this guy that looks style. Like, just the way everybody has his style. <laughs> okay. Uh, let, me, let me go into this. This looks like a museum. How much is it for the museum? <laughs> Dude, this is a chemist. This is a, <laughs> a drugstore. You know, but it looks like a museum. Well, it's that's a bigger everything. issue why he would deprive himself of such a, a beauty and an experience. But that's another well, show. Well, that's what I was going to ask, actually. You said that you travel very limitedly, and yeah. I'm curious about that. 
Well, just there's a lot of fuel used when you, you share the fuel on a plane. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd certainly argue, well, the plane is going there anyway. But if 180 of us don't get on the plane, I promise yeah. you it ain't going. Yeah, well, it's still going. And the way that they jam us in these days, you'd feel right. You'd feel fine. That's true. They well, do. it's got to fit my carbon budget. But, you know, you can buy a TerraPass to offset the CO2. So right there... I'm condemning myself to a oh, wonderful yeah. trip because... Okay. Uh, Let's get back you, to you, Christina here. Exactly. Let's get back to Christina. <laughs> Although you're fascinating. I could talk about you all day. <laughs> oh, no, we're not going to do that. What was it like working on Blackish? I love that show. Oh, my gosh. They're they're really like a family. I mean, it's nonstop laughter. When I One of my favorite moments, actually, was seeing the, the two children. The, the, they play the twins. Yes. When they saw Tracy who plays Rainbow, the mother on the show, when they saw her just come on set, you know, we were shooting a lot before she got there. And as soon as she came on set, it was like they ran up to her and they gave her this giant hug. And it just felt like, wow, they really embrace the fact that they're, they play sons and daughters of this mother. But in real life, there's that feeling of family. It's just beautiful. Well, it, she, trans- it really does come through with It does. It comes through is, on screen. And, and certainly, it's one of the smartest shows. It's on, one of the funniest, oh, smartest the writing, best shows on yeah, television. It's, it's topical. Extraordinary. It really And that handles. one, Lemons, was it called Lemons or Lemonade or something? About, about, after the election. Yeah, after the election. It was so Brilliant. beautiful. They Brilliant. Have, you know, to give voice to everybody. It was really wonderful, and I was very impressed. So how did you, let's just go back to Long Island. So you started on Long Island, you were born and raised, and I you did. started like as a child ballet or something? I started with musical theater, singing, dancing, and acting. Actually, one of my first musicals was with Natalie Portman, when wow. her name was Natalie Hirschlag. Oh, that's her real last that. name. Well, what, what, what was the musical? It was The Wizard of Oz, and we were both munchkins. You're kidding. How do you well, like I'm that? not kidding. <laughs> See, I've really taken advantage of the fact that I'm Picolina. <laughs> I've I, even played a munchkin. I knew you'd played a munchkin, and you took it literally when somebody said one performance, break a leg. I did. You? I did. I take things to heart, you know? <laughs> she literally, I take advice. I do my homework. I'm a good student. So someone tells you to do something, you do it. We're break talking about the fact that she actually did break up. Didn't you hurt yourself? I yeah. did. I yeah, did. It ended up being a big blessing in disguise. I'm very grateful for that experience. I think anytime something happens to your physical body, I believe our bodies are temples. So anytime something happens to your physical body, it makes you go deeper into gratitude mm-hmm. of, oh my gosh, I'm just so grateful for being able to walk, for being able to get on my own two legs because an injury happens, you go through surgery and I had your it. whole world. Well, what happened to you? I had a knee surgery from dance class. It fell blacks in Manhattan. My first dance class in New York, I come up from Georgia, going into musical theater. I was never going to be a major dancer, trust me. But I blew out my knee and had surgery, and the rest is history. It never, they said, oh, you'll go back to dancing. Never did. Never did. Never did. What affects you now? Oh, it's just, it, you know, it's unstable. It's arthritic. You know, now I'm old. <laughs> so I Well, you look person. super young and beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you. She does look good. She so looks you were, very good. <laughs> so you were dancing and singing, but you could still dance. I mean, you could still sing and you could still move and you can, you know. So did you not want to do musical theater anymore? Is that what happened? Well, you? I was at the Boston Conservatory at the time that mm. this happened. It was during a summer stock show in New York, upstate New York, Saratoga Springs area. Sure. And I was told right after the accident that you'll never dance again, which was a big fat Mm. lie. Yeah. And so I did have to not go back to that Boston Conservatory, which I had a full scholarship for, for singing, dancing, acting, because I was told to get off of my, you know, legs and not be dancing anymore for at least a while. Right. So it took a turn and I said to myself, okay, well, what else do I want to do? Spent a lot of time in a wheelchair, physical therapy going, okay, what's next? Well, what was next was something 
gigantically different moving to California, focusing on film and television, went to UCLA, graduated, and the rest is So you need to speak to our daughter who is looking at colleges pretty soon where she wants to go. She doesn't know if it's screenwriting, UCLA. I'm I'm vying for UCLA because it's here, and my sister used to teach there, and it's a great school USC is great too but Tish is also a possibility okay but we'll, we'll we get wanted you. to stay close to home we I'll miss her Aww. yeah New York is great there's nothing like the New York stage experience well and everyone should and then you'll New have York. a reason to travel it well that's right <laughs> and you, that might be a little did uncomfortable. you ever live in Manhattan and try the Manhattan the New York scene I mean the acting scene in New York no I had family that did live in the city but I never really tried the Broadway film and mm-hmm. television thing in New York ironically I am about 99% certain I booked a pilot shooting in New York very soon. Fantastic. Yeah, Yay. I'm not supposed Good. to say too much. I signed an NDA, as you know, it's a copycat business. But um, that would bring me back to New York. So if it's, if it's coming back to New York for work, I'm interested. Yeah. But I have become a little bit of a weather snob in LA. Oh, honey. I'm, I'm I, so lived, I did six I years. I did six years in New York. Did you? Oh, oh yeah. And I moved back at, at one point and I thought, I can't do it. And then I moved to Toronto, which is even crazier. But no, in LA is the best weather in the world. You just can't beat it. Yeah. Until we have another earthquake and it'll shake some people off. Yeah, we'll have one. So <laughs> but love it. brought you back here, honey. We were in a relationship. Oh, we were starting right. our relationship. And so that's what brought you back no. here, right? I came back to Say do a play. Yes. Huh? I and thought I I met me. Ed, and uh, <laughs> then I had to. Uh, t- well, we had to torture each other for many years at- thereafter. But three yes. years, we split up twenty-five times. Yeah, but in that's the first a three whole years. another show, and she's not a therapist, so <laughs> we're going to we'll just leave that one for another time. Okay. But I love relationships; I find them fascinating. That's no. what life's all about. You're the sum total of every relationship you've ever been in. Yeah, that's your relationship with yourself, your relationship with others. It's all that's true. Though. You've been very vocal about eating disorders, helping out, uh, helping a lot of people with that. Is that something that touched your family or yourself or anything? Is that uh, if you want to talk about that? Sure, I'm absolutely a survivor of anorexia and bulimia, and um, I really believe that it was self love that healed me. I think mm. that if you don't love yourself, you don't love your body, you don't take care of yourself, then yes. it's going to show and it's going to manifest in many different ways. Well, did, did it? do you think, I mean, the chicken or the egg, I mean, dance does perpetuate this anorexia kind of mentality. In ballet, sure. certainly. Sure. Any kind of dance because you're in very skimpy outfits and it's all about your physique. Absolutely. The, the obsession. But, you know, unfortunately, even if you're not in dance, I mean, we are, uh, especially women, young girls, or, you know, you look in the magazine and you see a girl that's really should be on life support because she's just needs a meal. She's probably all of 14 and she's modeling clothes for people in their 30s and 40s. So it's a crazy, the perspective. The, the body the, dysmorphia that yeah. comes from it. People have a, a misplaced notion of what they look like, you know, what their body is. It's and especially in our business, in the entertainment business, because women still are very much judged on the outsides. Which Absolutely. They can see. Fortunately for you, Ed, you're not judged. <laughs> <laughs> you just get to be funny. I, I get like to you. be my crusty old self at this uh, advanced age. Yeah, right? it works. It's yeah. working for me. Or you can be any shape, size, you know, height, blah, blah, blah. Women, no, no, no. So you had that, I identify and relate to that myself. I actually don't know a woman who doesn't, which is shocking and sad, Sad. but there is a recovery Mm -hmm. element to it. So obviously you went through some, I mean, you just didn't wake up one day and go, I think I'm just going to stop this. No, it took, it was the kind of thing that when I believe 
I don't want to say once an eating disorder, always an eating oh, disorder. Oh, no, honey. I'm a lot older than you. Once an eating <laughs> disorder, always. doesn't mean it's plaguing you on a daily basis. Right, but right. it's always sitting on your shoulder. Right. It's interesting. And I do believe that like any disorder, like any disease, it's a control situation where you're trying to control something that you can't. Right. Um, so feeling like you have control over your life, feeling like you have control over what you're putting in your body can make you feel like you have more control in general when you're yes. in a world that could seem very out of control. So... I do believe that it was self-love. It was really, really, it took, it took a lot of work, a lot of healing. Did a you lot go to therapy? Did you go to, to programs? Did you do things that Support our listeners may something. need? To? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Good, it was good, a combination good. of so many things. It was a combination of just also really being around people that were not so much pointing the finger going, you need to stop. Don't do that. Don't go in the bathroom and throw up. Don't, as opposed to having people point the figure and, and, and talk to you in a negative way. It was having someone very close to me that I loved very much and I respected very much mm-hmm. tell me, I love you. I care about you. What can I do to help you? Mm. It was, I believe in life. It's not what you say. It's how you say it and where it comes from. And when someone comes from love and speaks from love, you feel it. So I felt the love from other people. And I think eventually it rubbed off on me and it went, wow, I'm really loved. I have to love myself. So you were able to do this on your own. It was a combination of many, many mentors, many people, many teachers, many healers. I mean, I've gone through Reiki healings. I've gone through uh, energy work, energy healing, a lot of homeopathic modalities. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the hospital for a little bit, but it wasn't. So and I, and that's I did, where your disease ended up. In the, in, you, correct. Wow. Correct. And I did, when I was much younger, I did go see multiple therapists, multiple psychiatrists, nutritionists when mm-hmm. I was younger. But that was against my will. That wasn't me wanting to be there. That was my parents saying, you're sick. You have a problem. We need to put you in here. Right. It wasn't. And, and then it went into remission and then it came back. And it wasn't till I think the real healing, like you said, once an eating disorder, always mm-hmm. an eating disorder. I think it really healed itself. And I was able to talk about it and I was able to come out and say, I want to help other people because I feel like I'm better now. That was through self-love because right. I wasn't loving myself when I was just being told, go see this therapist, go see this nutritionalist. That was just being told what to do because I'm 10 years old, 12 years old. Right. Well, self-love is a process. Yeah, exactly. And uh, certainly that's another problem we don't get. We don't lo- we, yeah, really You've got to talk- learn to love yourself. And at some point, I promise I will love you too. Huh? <laughs> oh, I'm not holding my breath. It's okay. <laughs> I'll learn by on my own. Thank you very much. Well, no, it's a very uh, a topic that's very dear to my heart because obviously I also suffered from it. I didn't suffer from bulimia or anorexia, although that does run in my family. I had just the sort of other, the obsession. Yes. And uh, I needed outside help. So there is a lot of outside help there, but I did learn to heal by people who had already, they weren't professionals. They were people who had gone through the same thing I had Mm. and had healed. So I'm a big proponent of uh, 12-step programs. Let's just Mm. say that. Yes. Just out here. So if there's anyone out there suffering with this, there is a, a beautiful free way to heal from this absolutely and it's a daily reprieve absolutely and i think it's just important for everyone listening to know that any feeling you're having you're not alone right yes you know the more personal the more universal and whether you're going through you know grief or pain or suffering a death in the family whatever it is like someone else has felt it and you obviously connected with other people who experienced what sure. you experienced. I wasn't going to believe someone else. Yeah. I needed to know that you knew what I was. I did a movie about it in the eating, yeah, nineteen hundred million years ago. But yeah, it was called Eating. It's a very. Uh, it's not a great film, but it's a good film for that subject matter. Mm. 
you know what's interesting is it's, it's interesting you mentioned that because I always feel like there's films about alcoholism or other problems but there's mm-hmm. not a lot of great films about eating disorders why do you think you're that, right why do you I don't think know because it's not that's sexy a good question. it's not sexy. gambling disorders yeah. there's films yeah. about that yeah. you're right it's not a every... sexy thing to be locked in a room eating a pint of ice cream and crying over or or throwing up in a toilet it really is an unattractive thing <laughs> and that's why there's just no films and television yeah shows or... it's it, it's it's very shameful until, and we have to shine light on it because, mm. you know, it, it really is, is, it's the same ism. It's the same thing as alcoholism, right. drug addiction, uh, gambling, spending, all of the, the, the where something's going to fix it. It's going to fix right. that hole in you. Right. Eating is going to, or gambling is going to, all or sex addiction. Right. You cannot right. control powerlessness. So, yeah. you know, um, and you handle one and something else, it pops up somewhere else. And that's, I, to me, that's been my life's work is being okay with today, right now. And for this moment, Ed, I don't want to fix anything in the house, okay? <laughs> the house is Very beautiful. Good. The house for is perfect. For this moment. But, but it, I'm going but, to RA Rochelle Anonymous yeah, okay. to see on a daily yeah. basis if <laughs> I can get off the addiction that is Rochelle. I would love it. It means that he would book <laughs> off me. But anyway, so in terms of acting and being an artist, there's an empathy and an empathic. Yes, we are yes. empathizers. Yes. I really believe that. And that is what probably, you know, makes you a greater artist. You know, how far down. We don't all have to be self-destructive to be great artists, though. But it seems like everyone has experienced some type of pain or suffering, and it can manifest in many different ways, whether it's alcoholism, gambling, an eating disorder, or just, you know, not loving yourself. It's very universal. Yeah. Yeah. But loving yourself is, comes through healing and healing comes through for my in my experience is getting the help because if you weren't shown that there's no way it's sort of like what do you mean loving yourself okay I love myself no right. you know you, it's an ongoing process right and certainly I believe on, in different modalities and like I'm a huge talking. fan of Louise Hay yeah. Wayne Dyer Mary Morrissey yes. teachers that really Good Ernest teachers. Holmes right you know books on just spirituality yeah spirituality I'm a huge fan of that and I think moving to California actually really uh California just seems like the mecca of spirituality it is right? <laughs> I always say that it's the mecca of spirituality because it's where everyone comes for the brass ring so it's the worst of it's like the best of times in the world it's like Charles Dickens <laughs> the worst of times and the, the best, best of times. times it is the most superficial status seeking obvious place and yet to combat Very spiritual. that in, in many ways, many people are yeah. very connected to very important yeah. spiritual disciplines. And when there's artists, there's empathizers. So mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. seekers. And that's what I think we are. And when, I do believe that like finds like. And yeah. yes. no matter what city or state you're in, you're going to find people you connect with. I feel like I find a lot of New Yorkers here because I'm a New Yorker. Well, there, there are a lot you here. Know, New, I always <laughs> say this is the suburb of New York and vice that's versa. Funny. That's funny. You know, there's, there are the supposed states in the middle, but I try not to stop there. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm sure someone's listening wow. from I'm kidding. I love Chicago. Um, and that Chicago. Kansas. Yeah. Well, there's some other stuff. I, I love in between, honey. I love Cleveland. Don't you love the good Miami's people? Miami's great. Miami's, yes. Sex I'm people, good people in the heartland oh, of America. Oh, they're good people everywhere. Please, and I come on. joke, for God's sakes, get a sense of humor. She's allowed to joke. Okay. Yes. If I didn't joke, we wouldn't be married. Are you kidding? Ooh. <laughs> There but we are. We touched on something a minute ago about artists and suffering and what have you, and it was 
when I was a young man, it was kind of generally accepted that artists suffered. Judy mm, Garland suffered, and Van right. Gogh suffered, yes. and all these alcoholics that were Frank big, Sinatra, big name yeah. actors and what have you, and they were practicing alcoholics, and that right. was great. And then finally, there was a, a way of thinking: no, those are not my heroes. The people that died young, you know, like James Dean dying young. My heroes are like Gloria Swanson and Jimmy Stewart are now my new heroes. Is what mm. I started to realize: people had long, wonderful lives and had grandkids. Yeah. People are drawn to that, and it became it became better to do that for a lot of people. You realize you didn't have to well, be. Those are your your role models, though. Your icons. right. You didn't have to suffer to be an artist. You could no. have had your period of suffering, like Lady Gaga, or we all have had at this table. But Lady Gaga's but, out in the open and talking about it, like mm -hmm. you're exactly. talking about mm -hmm. it. That's exactly. The beauty. But she had it. But she's no longer celebrating suffering and what have you. She's celebrating recovery. In mm. Right. My opinion. No, absolutely. Who are some of your mentors, Ed, and people you look up to and? You know, as I said, people, it began in the 80s after I found recovery myself, in the late 70s, actually, 79. Before that, I was really, you know, let's have a big full life and burn out quick or what have you. I love, you know, James Dean kind of thinking and all of that. I love Peter O'Toole and uh, Richard Burton and all, all heavy those drinkers. big drinker kind of. <laughs> I thought that's what, to be an artist, that's the, that's the key for me. Drink a quart of vodka a day. That's going to make me a good actor. <laughs> and then I, I went, no, I found recovery myself and I... I decided that other people, like Jimmy Stewart, for instance, and like Gloria Swanson, don't and like they're in recovery, but they no, but they have long, wonderful mm -hmm. lives and happy lives, and no apparent sign of you know that kind of addiction or anything. Right. I just was drawn to that. I wanted that more than the other thing, and and lo and behold, I've had it. Well, I have I grandkids can, and yeah. wonderful kids who Beautiful. are now grown and. I've achieved some of that that those other people have achieved. Well, it's life. It's not just, and we get very right. myopic here. Mm. We get very tunnel vision here. Yes. Like I've got to achieve. I've got to achieve. And to experience life and to have it to, to be grateful and have in uh, relish having a career, but also giving back. And that's well, this that is the purpose of this podcast is about talking about. You know, we all have gifts. Mm -hmm. You know, and some people get to work more than others, like Ed. But. Um, <laughs> But he is a guy. No bitterness after there. There's no so. attitude, no acrimony or bitterness. I can tell. That's wonderful. How You've come so far. I know. Healing, I, healing, healing. Yeah, celebrating my. I never good said fortune. I was, you know, recovered. I just, <laughs> I am. It's a daily reprieve. Okay. But talking about what you do to give back. Absolutely, I'm a huge fan of giving back. I think gratitude is the best attitude, and you have mm -hmm. to live your life every day being of service. I am a, a board member of an amazing organization called Face Forward. We provide reconstructive that. surgery to survivors of domestic violence, oh women and God, men, how wonderful. Yeah. women and men who have been trafficked or you know brutally beaten. I mean, sometimes you'll see someone with their face who they've lost all their teeth, their face might have been burned with mm -hmm. acid. They cannot physically smile anymore. It's been taken away from them by violence, by right. domestic violence, oh by God. physical abuse, and obviously mental abuse. So it's an amazing, amazing organization. I recently joined the board end of last year, and I've been an active board member, going to board meetings once a month, right. and just really helping to uh, raise funds and help build awareness. And it's it's been wonderful for me, I think, because... You know, all my life I've been someone who loves to volunteer. I feed the homeless. I volunteer with the rescue mission, the LA mission. I volunteered with children's uh, orphanages. Mm -hmm. I travel to Mexico to go to different orphanages. I sponsor children in Vietnam. The Vietnamese, that's right. Yes. I heard about that. But Good for you. What's so fascinating about this is I don't have to have like eight hours where I'm physically someplace serving food to the homeless to be 
an active humanitarian. With this being a board member, I can send one email a day and still make a difference. Right. And that might take me five minutes. So it's a really cool business mentality where I can constantly be helping, but I can also be on set at the same time and sending emails when I'm in my trailer. Is that an organization that is uh, based out of LA or is it, it is, it makes sense. It is based out of LA, yes. And so what happens is the plastic surgeons will donate their services, is that right? Yes, and there's plastic surgeons all over the world, LA, New York. Uh, It was created by Deborah Alisi and her husband, David Alisi. And David Alisi, Dr. David Alisi, is a plastic surgeon Mm -hmm. in LA. He's got a great practice in Beverly Hills. So he's gotten all of his plastic surgeon friends to come on board we have mm. board members that are doctors and dentists it's it's fascinating how great Good i'll absolutely invite you to yeah, the oh, gala. i've seen definitely. a documentary i've seen it on television oh, about beautiful. this organization so i was i'm always interested in plastic surgery it's one of my pastimes i'm kidding i'm Past- just kidding, no, I'm, kidding. <laughs> I, I'm just obsessed i love making things pretty okay what can i say you are pretty you don't have to have you any surgery beautiful. to make yourself pretty you're gorgeous uh, it's a little bit of an obsession so anyway that's i would absolutely love to have you come it's september 23rd 2017 Great. I think we're free. That you sounds, have to wear a tuxedo. I've got a tux in the closet. Beautiful. Yeah. Still fits me. Beautiful. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's great, though. But <laughs> any no. green stuff that you're involved with in your personal life or any green groups that you help out, uh, environmental groups? I think the best way to be green personally is what you put in your body. I've been pretty active as a vegetarian the majority of my life. And that, it was interesting because I really feel that food carries vibrations. And as a little child growing up, in Long Island, New York, with an Italian family with always lasagna on the table. And the meatballs. And there and was always a meat dish, a vegetable, uh, a salad, a starch. There was always multiple variety on one dinner table. And we had family dinner time together every night, no matter what, which is something that I feel is a lost art nowadays. I agree. However, what was so interesting is as a, as a child, as a six, seven-year-old little girl, I'd say, no, I don't want that. Yes, I want this. No, I don't want that. And I just knew what my body wanted. And mm. as a child, I became vegetarian. I stopped... I haven't had a piece of meat or pork or chicken in I don't know how many years. It just, food speaks to me and I think food is energetic and I do believe that an amazing way to help save the environment is by not eating Or at least cutting down. Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of people who still want to eat meat. And to each his own. I'm never someone who tells anyone what to eat, especially with my past history of eating disorders. Yeah, I think to each his own and I think our bodies really do talk to us, but I think it's fascinating that my body as a child just knew what I wanted and what I didn't. And as I've gotten older, you know, things have changed. And I was vegan for a while. I was vegetarian. And as I've gotten older, things have changed where, aha, I'm craving eggs or I'm craving something. And it's like, well, you got to listen to that. Right, I agree. So you have to really be intuitive with your own body temple. And I think that's an amazing way to care about the environment, to eat farm fresh, to eat organic, to go to farmer's markets, to support local local farmers. So I don't buy strawberries from Ralph's. (laughs) I try to go to the farmer's Well, there's market. a lot of good, pesticides good. on commercially, you know, harvested, produced strawberries. Or how, what would you say? Commercially harvested? Yeah, that's a good way to put okay, it. Okay, so they're, yeah, yeah. There's, they, it's heavily pesticided. And it's mm-hmm. not a word, but I just made it up. So, but uh, the best is you know, organic, obviously. What's right. another good vegetable or And fruit? what she said too, also locally grown is as important yeah. as mm-hmm. organic, mm-hmm. you know, to support the local farmers. Yeah. What did you just say? I now? said, what is another fruit that's heavily pesticided? And I know that's not a word, so I don't want to hear. Tomatoes? Heavily, heavily dosed with pesticides. Right. 
Uh, tomatoes, tomatoes, I think, too. Yeah, there's a lot that they put on tomatoes to keep the bugs off. And Make the them look all red and pretty. Yeah. When yeah. It's okay if they're green and more orangey. Yeah, or, exactly. or, or, or malformed. It's actually great. Yes. We pay a lot more money for them, don't we? Yeah, it's true. I love the farmer's market. I'm a I huge, do, too. I can't get enough of all those little free samples. So you That's were talking the, about um, uh, Italian so families and dinners. I used to have a boyfriend. who I, I wonder where Here he we go today. again, our old no. boyfriend. Do I have to leave the room? No. Louis Gennetti. Stay. Oh, boy. She's Louis Gennetti. From New York. No, his Here family was from Wolka, Connecticut. So if you're out there, hi. Hi. And uh, she's dating again. Just so now, you know, Lou. Give her a call. She's everything available. Everything was about the meal. It was all about the meal. It yes. was like we'd sit down at 11 in the morning. Of course, the men would sit down. The women would start scampering around, working their buns off. And but they, everyone would eat for hours. This was I, not all all the time. This was I think Easter Sunday. That mm-hmm. was the, the biggest meal I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Easter's a big, big big day in the yeah. uh, Italian household or the Irish household that was I it came oh, from. it's a Catholic Huge. thing Easter's it's a, a it's an deal. even more religious holiday than Christmas yeah yeah it is yeah it's well huge. it's re resurrection rebirth that's sort of cool and then you can start you, most people observe Lent mm-hmm. who are Catholic and what have you and Irish Catholics and you know Italian American Catholics and so you in Lent for Lent you know you stopped eating meat mm-hmm. most people do and they stop having sugar and what have you so mm-hmm. when Lent is over and it's east you can have the Easter basket oh, and the so chocolate it's like bunny a, and, it's like a breakfast so it's it like in other religions in Judaism sure. it would be um, after Yom Kippur they have the breakfast dinner you know and I'm a, big fan of, I'm a yeah. big fan of cleansing you know I think to each his own what kind yeah. of cleanse you want to yeah. do but I've really experimented what kind with, do you do I've I've done a few. I've done something called a parasite cleanse. I've done a liver cleanse. And it's not I don't I don't drink. I really don't drink. I maybe have a glass of wine once a month, but I'm it's not so much that I need to clean my liver, but I believe that every organ in our body carries a different emotion. So if I'm feeling a little bit more angry, that's related to the liver. So Uh-oh. I might want to do a liver cleanse. We better Rochelle went to extreme measures to get rid of her parasite, but I'm still here. Yeah, that's so right. didn't I take <laughs> There's a, host, liver. there's a host and there's a parasite in most symbiotic relationships. <laughs> there you go. You know who's who. <laughs> That's there you for go. sure. What can I do? Is there a cleanse for that? <laughs> well, there's a liver cleanse that I, I love. What do you do? The one with the olive oil? No, it's nothing really that odd. It's really just about eating fruits and vegetables. It's basically like eating vegan uh-huh. for at least like a week of just pure vegan. And then once you want to get really more intense, you'll go kind of raw food, raw fruits and vegetables and take out oils. So even olive oil. So you'll just be eating oh, like that's, see, that's where I just cucumbers, go. salad, yeah, tomato. Wow. <laughs> that just makes me sad. But only like a week. It's not that. Yeah, you know. you'd think. See, when you're um, addicted, a, a day, an hour is a lot. But anyway, that's a whole <laughs> another show. So again. I but whatever guess. cleanse. I mean, you could do a day right. cleanse. You could do one day of just maybe juice. Or... I, listen, I have. I mean, we've gone yeah. to Optimum Health Institute. I just went again done. last year. I loved it. I did that Optimum Health what Institute. What was that like? They do a wheatgrass juice and they do a lot of cleansing, you know, uh, colonics and what have you. Oh, yes. And you have all this. You start with uh, a meal. It's all plant-based. There's no meat whatsoever, no animal protein, no dairy. No taste. (laughs) No, some of it, I think, tastes tastes very good. You start off with some (laughs) solid meals. By the end, you're getting to just juice only. And it's this wonderful program, very well researched. And I, I did it and I really felt... I felt pretty good going in. I felt even better afterwards. I was okay. high as a kite because you really do get cleansed. And how long were you there? I was there a week. You okay. go a week. I've been twice myself. My friend calls it the Auschwitz of spas. 
I mean, I hate to use that word, but it is sort of, it's a joke, folks. It's just a joke. <laughs> Laugh out loud. And it was a Jewish person who said it, so I, it's okay. But um, no, my friend said it, 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 it he, he was down there with me and um, we were like, this is not fun, but fun isn't always the goal because the the aftermath or the results were bliss. Oh, I they love feel that. Fantastic. I would love to hear more. It's just sustaining such a thing. So yeah. that is where support groups come in. <laughs> well, I think like anything in life, it's about implementing. You know, I'll go on like a meditation retreat for maybe three, four days. And it's great. You're meditating every day. You feel amazing. And then you go back to life where you have to answer your cell phone and you have to tweet right. and you have to Instagram and you have to, you know, constantly be available. Right, right, And it's right. integrating that in your daily life. And that's really the hard part is the balance of it all. It is. So but how you, do you balance? I mean, what uh, are your tricks and tips for balancing? You know, I try to just... Uh, adhere to some Eastern philosophies. I, there's a great saying that is, don't just do something, stand there. So I occasionally just remember that. Not occasionally, I regularly remember that. No, yours is more like lying there. Or it's sometimes lying yeah. there. I, you know, I have my serene time, my quiet time. So obviously we're talking about all this extra stuff other than acting. So there we have... When you're an artist, there's a lot of free time. Yes. You know, I mean, when you work, it's intense. Right. Then there's lots of other time. And you have to, I think that's what's so key is you have to have other things that make you happy in life. Yes. You have to have other things that give you passion. Right. And that to me is serving humanitarian efforts and just giving back to maybe the world. Maybe that's why a lot of artists are humanitarians. Yeah. Maybe, you know, per capita more than, I don't know if that's true, but I think some people just have to make a living in the grind and then it's a luxury, but we have it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, and it's Time. also a way of being of service is a way of getting out of your head and yes. yourself. And, and I think because the acting business can be so much about me, 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 yeah, me. Yeah. When is my agent going to call? When's my manager going to call? When am I going to have this audition? How am I going to do? Me, me, me. Did I book the job? Right. You know, and then giving back and putting everything on others. But I do believe that even when you are an actor and you can disagree, Ed, it is a lot about service. You're on set and yes. it's how can, I, how can I serve my partner? How can I listen to my scene partner and react and listen and give to this person that's telling me something? And how do I listen and and react honestly and truthfully and being of service every time I slate in an audition my thought is how can I serve god I wish I'd remember that so yeah (laughs) so yeah you know when you just say your name and I don't know how you slate but when you say your name it's like what he doesn't slate and he doesn't say his name you don't even audition you just get the role once in a while I do no, you've never been in an audition where they said, okay, can you slate and tell us how tall you are? <laughs> and they take a camera a few from years the top ago. and go down and up and down on your body. Have they ever <gasps> once done that? I think I might have. You liar. Many years ago. You liar. Years ago, back in the 70s. Back in the day. Okay, not recently. Okay? No, not for a while. All right, schmuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But this she, is what look, we deal with. Look at what she did when she was waiting around for the phone to ring. She didn't wait. She went and produced something. Oh, Campus right. caller, you, you produced something. I Tell did. me about that. I'm very, very grateful. I got my first executive producer credit, first of many, on a movie starring Victoria Pratt, who I've worked with in other movies as an actress. And producing for me is a lot about connecting dots. Mm-hmm. Being a businesswoman and really mm-hmm. finding out who wants to buy what and what do I have to sell. How did you find the script? How did I find the script? Well, I represent a writer, Paul Brady, who lives in Ireland but travels all over the world for work. And he wrote this specifically for my contact who bought it. Oh, that's nice. 
<laughs> that's that's the ticket. Connecting dots. Yeah. Why don't you write a script, honey? You'll be in charge you, to be master of your own destiny. Why don't you shut up? <gasps> you could, sweetie. Come why on, I'm trying write? to find. I don't write. You know I don't. I why? talk. You, you that's why I'm at this yet. table talking. And she talks very beautifully. I don't write. But you ha- you haven't written yet. Just add the word yet. You could write something. Write up a, a yeah, treatment. Yeah, I'm going to write up your will. So let's get one. <gasps> no, we're kidding. I d- I just, it's one of those days. If I go um, missing, Christine, I yeah, want I, you to. I heard it. I know where to look. It's just on this podcast. Just make sure the authorities so this get is the a- police dogs and look out back in the compost. Just see if they can find any evidence. Got it. Got okay, it. Okay, so this is a thriller about... Uh, obviously college-age kids. Campus caller, right? Yes, it's a female-based thriller for Lifetime, and that's what I'm working more on is female-based thrillers for Lifetime or Vista. I'm also working on a few Hallmark movies, all as a producer. So again, producing for me, I'm just connecting dots. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's really about... For me, it's it's all storytelling. So whether I'm an actor or whether I'm a producer, right. I'm tell, I get to tell stories. But what's important to me is that women tell the stories about women because yes. it seems to me we've given men a lot of opportunity <laughs> and they failed. <laughs> I wonder well, if she's talking about you. Hey, <laughs> I'm yeah. all for women in government. I'm all for women in you know yes. running studios. And I'm not kidding. I think it's high time. We've screwed a lot of things up. Let Hallelujah. women take charge at every level. I'm all for it. And you know I, I am. Yes, I... I, I joke about that but he actually is very much in favor because for one thing it's not like i want more of the pie i just want my share it's we are 51 percent of the planet and right yet we're so underrepresented and what we are represented which is what we were going back to earlier uh, about the eating disorders and the dysfunction mm. is this persona that is is not attainable it's not even real i mean the person the people that we you know the the looks the mm-hmm. you know the perfectionism all of that the barbie doll mentality yeah, it's, yeah. and uh we're per- keep perpetuating that and we as women do it too mm-hmm. one of the you best know? environmental things that we could do is you know you were there with paul hawk and there's two different categories yeah. in his wonderful book draw down to to reverse climate change mm. within i think eight or ten years i can't it, remember draw down is a book meaning the word comes from drawing down the carbon out of the atmosphere out of the atmosphere okay. it actually turned things around and have positive change and he went through and was very scientific with people all around the globe people with degrees to quantify it scientists. there's two categories that involve women empowering women and what's the second one in educating young mm. girls it, it's one of the best things you can do to you know, combat it's climate the number change one number thing one out of thing. 100 suggestions Number one thing, combating climate change. Climate, yeah, because they can make more educated uh, decisions about uh, about families and about what have world population. Period. Population so and what if have a, you. A girl is educated; she w- less likely to have more than one or two children. Period. Well, that makes with sense. an education. Absolutely. So it's it's behooves them to keep us down by keeping us stupid, <laughs> and right. Uh, right, you know, in veils. So uh, you know. That's we, a great book, Drawdown. That, excellent uh, book. Paul, Paul Hawken uh, of Smith & Hawk. And if you remember those stores, but he's a wonderful environmentalist. And it has a, been for years. And this book is a very scientific look yes. at the things that actually would make a difference in climate change. You know, okay. he, he, Tangibles. Tangible things that you can do. And I recommend mm-hmm. everybody get a Drawdown. I'll yeah. have to check it out. Okay. Yeah. Do you know him personally, too? Very much I do. Oh. He's a wonderful guy. It sounds and, like I feel the passion. Yeah, yeah. About him. wonderful, wonderful. But it was shocking, and it was great because I got to bring my two loves, the environment and feminism, together. Mm. So, you know, um, I think we are the hope for the planet. Yes. 
more feminine energy. And I feel like right now, especially now, more people are talking about feminism than I agree. Than you look at were, the Women's March and look at all anymore. those things that yeah. are happening. It's just, uh, I think that's all wonderful. Well, it's it's needed, <laughs> needed. Yeah, whether whether we yeah, I mean we've done a pretty bad job of messing this place up, and I hope this place called take uh, it, Earth. take the wheel for a while, please. Yeah. We've been driving into a ditch, but we have a it's a, insurmountable. I mean, we are the freest supposed country in the world outside the you know Europe, and yet uh, what we still can't even elect our, a female president. But there you go. So what would you suggest your listeners do on a daily basis to help the environment more? What would be some tips that you'd offer them? There's a great list in this book, Drawdown, but my list I'll give you now too. These are very practical things that people can do that don't cost a lot of money. I'll keep it to just cost-effective, cheap things. Number one, ride a bike if weather and fitness permit. Number two, take public transportation if it's available near you. Number three, eat lower in the food chain. Eating a lot of plant-based food is very good for the environment. Environment. Mm. Number four, get energy efficient light bulbs. Number five, get an energy efficient thermostat. Home gardening, home composting, if you have a little piece of dirt in your front or backyard, is very energy efficient, very cheap. If you don't have a front or backyard, live in an apartment, get part of a community garden. Mm. They don't have a community garden near you, start one. Believe me, you can make it happen with some old abandoned lot somewhere and some civic leaders. All but no, but things- something you can do today, later on this afternoon, would be refusing the straw that you're going to be offered with the next glass of water. Single-use plastic. Very good, honey. Mm. Thank you for keeping me honest. That's yeah. a very important one. That yeah. These big gyres of plastic out in the oceans, as you know, and they're on the bays and... Uh, waterways, the oceans, bays, estuaries. It's so hard. Ma- it's a hard thing because plastic is so, so convenient. Say no to single-use plastic. As best there still you is can. plastic in medical supplies and in computers and what have you. We're not saying no to all plastic, but single-use plastic, that plastic bag you don't need, bring a canvas bag. Mm-hmm. The cup, you know, when I get the juice in the morning, I take these reusable cups and what mm. have you. And we have these... Uh, permanent straws and lots of other but stuff. But it's the little things. Mm-hmm. It, you may not do it all the time. You can't, do what you, you know, can. you, you just can't try for one day. Try for one right. thing Say today. no to a plastic straw. Right. So I had a, I have friends who were very good friends of mine. Uh, last week we went out to lunch and the water came with all these straws and they put them in their glasses. And I'm like, wait a minute, guys. They went, oh, the germs on the glass. I just don't want the germs. And I'm thinking. You still got them with the straw. Yeah, I'm like, you get around way. them by putting a straw in it. <laughs> I was like, okay, you're going to get lines around your mouth quicker. Okay, I have to, you know, but whatever. But you do what you can. Do what you but can. But most important, I will add, most important as I see it, is start caring. Get informed. Mm-hmm. And start caring, mm-hmm. you know, and people, because you get overwhelmed, I can't do anything about it, so I, therefore it doesn't exist. Mm. Denial, you know, isn't the, the a river in Egypt. What are you working on now? What's next for you? Well, going back to New York. Is, Great. Yeah, for this pilot that I'm not supposed to say Good too luck. much about. Good luck. we got fingers and toes crossed Thank for you. Thank you so much. Where on social media can people find you? Absolutely. I'm on Twitter, at Christina DeRosa. I'm on Instagram, at actress Christina DeRosa. I'm on Facebook, Christina DeRosa, <laughs> actress Christina DeRosa. I'm on LinkedIn, YouTube. Absolutely. You can find so me. Do you Just know, Google me. You'll find me. Do you know Great. social media? Personally? Do you know how to do it? Absolutely. Wow. We're good we friends. Need a, we need a, <laughs> you need a job? <laughs> We're good friends. <laughs> oh, I so don't know social media. I'm pretty good with no, Twitter. You're not. You guys, I, I, I no, saw you're, you on You have over 30,000 followers. Thank I you. you out. Why, why are you saying that? Okay. I'm very good on Twitter. What? Tell me what you oh, mean right, by that. On I'm Twitter, bad. you are. Yes, but he doesn't well, have Facebook. Twitter isn't social media. Okay, Twitter's great. Right. I, regret, Twitter, I, I, I apologize. Is, I think what's so cool about social media is you have to just treat them all like different people. Like Twitter's more like a river. You have to constantly be posting. Facebook is 
is more like you post maybe once, twice a week. It'll stay on there if you're getting 100, 200 comments per post that you don't need to post as often. Uh, Instagram is more daily, posting daily. So it's knowing, it. it's knowing how to work each social media avenue because they're all like different people. Right. And some of them don't get along. Facebook is owned. Facebook owns Instagram. So they're connected. They both love the pictures. Twitter loves links. It loves educational uh, value. It loves websites and right. links. You can't post a, a website link on Instagram. You can't. There's all these different rules <gasps> and you have to learn how to work them and how to best have it serve you and serve the world. Wow. Very good, but you're very good at it clearly. That's awesome. So they're all like different people. Right. Different personalities. We're so grateful that you yeah. joined us today, Christina. Thank you so much. It's been so much fun. I've loved loved every minute. Great. Well, are you going to do any musical? Any? I mean, do you want to go back and do musicals? Oh, one of my dreams is to actually be Judy Garland in the Judy Garland biopic. That's really... That's really what I feel connected to oh, is yeah, that, that time, that. that era. I'm petite like her. Got so the right look. Yep. Harvey Weinstein, if you're listening, is he a fan of yours? <laughs> Harvey, give her a look. She's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. She's very talented. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. This has been amazing. Been thank Thanks you. so much, Christina. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Christina, it was great talking to you. Now we want to highlight some of the inspiring things you taught us today. Sometimes you got to shift your plan and alter your dream. You know, she had that accident sure. dancing. And so I she, relate. Remember I had an accident you too? You sure did, honey. And look how well it worked out for you. <laughs> no, I'm being no, serious. No, no, you okay, have a wonderful okay, family. Okay. You got a lot of happiness and joy in your life. You married a wonderful guy like me. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, it's all true. And you know, life gives you a lemon every once in a while. You got to make some lemonade. That's right. So what I got from Christina was that you diversify. You take responsibility for your career and you're your own publicist if you want content you want to be in something produce it yep you know? she did that she took the bull you by the horns an artistic life that means not myopic that is the word right myopic, yeah, myopic means- is definitely a word <laughs> i mean i know it's a word but does it mean single-minded or narrow-minded i think it's nearsighted honey i think oh. myopic is uh <laughs> nearsighted well, it could trouble. be i could be the same right it could be narrow-minded or yeah, only seeing what's right visual in front of you. having vision problems right <laughs> but um trying to be smart you're doing just great so the point being is that open up the world is an artistic uh expression and find out daily what you can do to have an artistic expression which it seems to me that that's what she's doing and she also finds time to give back she helps in so many ways that face forward thing it's called face forward right right? i love that organization yeah helping victims of domestic violence who've been disfigured helping them with plastic surgery and many other things a support group for those people so she's giving back in many different ways and bringing awareness to uh, a pervasive issue eating disorders Mm-hmm. Very, very pervasive, unfortunately, and it's a lot that no, uh, it's something that most people don't want to talk about. So I really uh, uh, commend her for that. So gratitude is the best attitude. She's certainly a believer in that. Christina was, and uh, um, was happy to hear that again today. It's something we all have to remember. Right on. Okay, folks, that's it for the week. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen. We've got a lot of great episodes coming up soon. And share it with your friends. You've helped us create this amazing community of compassionate and caring people. So let's keep it going. So do a little, do a lot. Just do something today and tell us what you did. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer, Emma Kikuchi. This podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.